0: Welcome to the Story Discovery Podcast. I'm your co-host, J.W. McAteer. Coming up, you'll hear a new story from our free online publication, Etched Onyx. Please join me and co-host, Melissa Collings, after the reading, when we talk with the author about their work and all things writing and otherwise. The Story Discovery Podcast is sponsored by Scrivener, the go-to app for writers of all kinds, Used every day by best selling novelists, screenwriters, nonfiction writers, and more. Think of Scrivener as the Swiss Army knife of writing apps. You can use just the parts you need, like the distraction free Writing View, or you can break out all the tools to plan, organize, research, and create your work. When you're done, you can easily export to multiple document, manuscript, and ebook formats. Our listeners get a 20% discount by using the coupon code STORYDISCOVERY at checkout. You can learn more at their website, literatureandlatte.com, or just type Scrivener into your search engine. Give Scrivener a try. You won't regret it. This podcast and all related materials are a production of Onyx Publications. All stories are copyright 2021. All rights reserved. Today's story is... Get Me the F Out of Here, written by Donald Capone and narrated by Melissa Collings. Settle in and enjoy.
1: Get Me the F Out of Here by Donald Capone It has begun, just like that. Desk phones are ringing. People are getting called into the boss's office one at a time. You watch, but you don't watch. You can't. You sit at your desk and try to work, wondering who will be next, wondering if it'll be you. With each person let go, a buzz flickers through the office. Oh my god, him? Then the next person is called. Another buzz. Her too? A crowd gathers around the person who has just reached his or her desk, exit paperwork in hand. The Aftermath the crowd of suddenly former co workers hugs the person, says their goodbyes. You wonder if you should go over too. You look at your phone. You stay put. You try to work again. Hit reply to an email, but you watch the blinking cursor instead of typing. It's pointless. Another person emerges from the boss's office, walks back to his or her desk. The crowd shifts to his or her area. More hugging. The Russian phone roulette starts again. You hear ringing several desks away. The person answers the phone, listens, stands, places the receiver down, but fumbles and misses. It lands on the desk with a loud thud. It's turning into a bloodbath. Again, you try to work. You send a text instead. You know you're next. You can feel it. Maybe you're not. Someone else answers their phone stands, walks. You try to work again. Type a couple of words in the email. Still pointless. Finally, your phone rings. Has the ringer always been this loud? The sound alone tells you everything you need to know. You hesitate. You answer on the second ring. Can you come into my office, please? You gently place the receiver back in its cradle. Adrenaline screams through your veins. You stand. You take the long trek through the open cubicle floor plan, counting empty desks on the way. For the moment, you're Schrodinger's cat. You're both laid off and not laid off. Everyone's watching. You don't make eye contact. Dead man walking. You reach your boss's office, and she's there with a person from HR that you have never seen before. Now you're all just going through the motions. You sit in the empty seat, the hot seat, or more accurately, the warm seat, from all the people before you. You do your part and keep it warm for the next person. You think, get me the fuck out of here. They're saying the official words, your position has been eliminated, etc. But it doesn't really matter. And at this point, the words are just a formality. The words aren't even sinking in. They're meaningless. Your mind is already elsewhere. Unemployment. Health insurance. Severance. Relief. Get me the fuck out of here. This is the third wave of recent layoffs. Or is it the fourth? Doesn't matter. With each round, your odds got worse. Or better, depending on how you look at it. You have nothing to say. It is what it is. You stand... Walk back to your desk with the separation paperwork clutched in your hand. Separation. People are shocked, although they shouldn't be. At this point, they're still scared for their own job. They still believe they want to keep it. They're more upset than you are. Maybe they're thinking about all the extra work they'll have to take on now. Maybe they're thinking about what they would do if they were laid off. Maybe they're thinking about taking your chair or your stapler. You reach your desk and look around. Your pile of work that seemed so urgent and important and stressful just minutes before isn't your worry anymore. More relief. People come up to you. The crowd has shifted to your desk. They're nice. They say the right things. They're outraged. They're sad. They're slightly relieved. Their odds are that much better now. They wish you well. You look up and see your friends closing up their desks. Packing things, deciding what to take home. Framed photos, mementos, relics. An empty box appears beside you. You toss a book inside. You look around your area some more. You realize everything is job-related. You hate it. You've already separated yourself from the work, from the office politics, from the company. Disengaged. You decide you're not taking anything. You leave the computer on the program's open, the email unsent. You pick up your knapsack. You think, just get me the fuck out of here. You think, well, damn. You think, I'm free. You've just listened to Get Me the F Out of Here by Donald Capone. And we have Donald Capone on the show, me, Melissa, with co-host JW. Welcome, Donald. Hello.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Welcome. We're excited that you're here. So we always get started by talking about the author. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your background.
2: Okay. Uh, I was born and raised in uh, Westchester County, which is right outside of New York City. And um, I'm a graphic designer by trade. And... I kind of got to writing a little bit later in life, like really in my thirties. So I did a little bit of catching up and um, I write short stories, flash fiction and novels.
1: Thirties is not too, not too late of a start. No, no. Okay. So this piece in particular is one of your flash, flash fix, fiction pieces Wow, well, I can't say flash fiction. <laughs> And you say it really fast okay so this this is one of your pieces a great piece how did you decide to come up with this story is there something that inspired you to write it well
2: this one was totally inspired by real life um it's obviously based on being laid off
1: which is something everybody can relate to at this
2: <laughs> <Yes>. time <laughs> at the time this was written i was working in book publishing and it was the end of 2011 so the story's been around for a while um And uh, book publishing was really going through a period then where everyone that year was just crazy. I mean, just every day you'd you'd hear stories about major publishers just laying off 40, 50 people. And um, so we kind of, you know, everyone in my department, I I worked in a children's novelty publishing company and everyone pretty much knew that, you know, (laughs) our days were numbered and there was a couple of rounds of layoffs. And I remember it was a Friday. And we all, all the other designers besides me and the editors, you know, the rumor mill had it that Monday, there was going to be layoffs and there was, but <laughs> the rumors were true. Rumors are always true in the <laughs> hallways of mm-hmm. publishing, by the way. Uh. So Friday afternoon, we were furiously backing up our JPEGs to make, you know, portfolios for Monday when we got laid off. And a bunch of us were you know a lot of us were laid off that monday so i pretty much wrote the story right after that in almost one sitting or basically it really was one sitting and then with some editing later on so you know
1: it's pretty much true to life that story it feels really true to life it does when i first read this piece i could i was just there and it's immersive so i was there i could feel that pressure and everything, just the short sentences, I love that. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think it's well done.
0: Yeah, it's got a lot, it's got good momentum because you have the short sentences and the stress just gets translated <laughs> very well. Nice job. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: thanks. Like I, was, yes. I was sweating a little bit. <laughs> so was I. <laughs> <laughs> I bet.
0: That's funny. Well, um, I've not heard of novelty books. So what does that mean?
2: Oh, well, that's just children's books that have any kind of like toy attached or or. um flap books or fold out books or anything that's interactive. Interesting. So, okay. you know, board books and what I did was a lot of you know, they usually like tie ins, you know, for uh licenses like Disney or Pixar or Sesame Street or something like that. So that's what I was doing. That's you know, that's this is nine years ago now since yeah. I was laid off. But the, I was there for eleven years. I mean I was there a long time. Wow.
1: So that was the first thing. That was the first thing you did as with your graphic design degree. Um,
2: no, I have been working before that in like agencies and stuff like that, little little design groups and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, so after that, no, I haven't been in publishing since. And so now I'm doing packaging, packaging design. So, so what so. does that
0: mean? What is packaging design?
2: <laughs> Um, well, I'm actually with a medical supply company, so any kind of like, m- you know, medical supplies, any medical supplies that you would buy, you know, like uh, gauze, gauzes or band-aids or, you know, just does that mean wheelchairs, you-, you know, anything.
0: Do you do the graphics for the packages or do you packaging. design the packages?
2: Uh, the pa- the packaging, the boxes that it goes in, mm-hmm. as well as like any kind of marketing material too. Okay, but, mm, that's cool. Yeah, so, yeah, that is cool. Yeah, that is cool. I mean, just next time you have a box, just, you know, like, unfold it, pull it apart and see what it looks like. And someone, someone's doing that. Right, right. Someone's putting that together. And I'm one of those
1: people. I like that. So if I'm having trouble opening my next package of Band-Aids, I I have (laughs) you to blame, huh? (laughs) Not me. (laughs) No, that's good
2: stuff.
0: Well, um, so you've published books, you've written a bunch of short stories. How do you find time to write?
2: Uh, Usually in the morning. I wake up early anyway, I'm an early bird, so I'll just get the coffee going, do a little writing. I'm, I'm actually just finishing up a new novel now, and um, it's pretty much, you just have to chip away at it, you know, even if it's just like a half hour in the morning. It adds up, right? Just, right. You, you have to do it every day, you know, or, you know, it'll add up, and if you write three or 400 words a day at the end of the month, you got 12,000 words, so yeah. that's how you got to look at it.
1: I think that's a recurring theme. I think it goes to the fact that nothing ever gets done if you don't start and if you don't continue to do it. So a step, no matter how small, is still a step towards your goal, right?
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, even when I have days off or when I was unemployed, you know, when you have eight hours to look at, you're not writing, at least me, I'm talking about me. I'm not writing any more than if I would, you know, with a half hour in the morning because I kind of need to recharge my batteries a little bit anyway and figure out What's next in the story? Huh, yeah. Interesting. That's how I. If if I have like eight hours looking at you know with nothing to do, I'm not going to write anymore. I'm just not. I hit my goal for the day, and that's it.
1: You think you're probably percolating as you're
2: uh, throughout the day. Yeah, that's how I am. Even if I plot it, even if there's a, an outline, you know, I still have to think. You know, dialogue, or you're always having a problem with the with the plot. <laughs> so you have to figure it out and. You know you have to let it percolate
1: now you said you have written you're writing a ya novel right now right yes you're finishing that up which is exciting and you've written two other novels prior to this
2: well two that were published i have a couple that are just sort of sitting around on my hard drive okay with really nothing to do oh (laughs) that's interesting (laughs) i'm hoping that once i'm really hoping that this one gets me an agent and a publisher and then the other two can kind of follow yeah because it's just—it's just there's so many people out there writing. It's just there are. I mean, I'm on Twitter, you know, the writing community, and it's just so many people. Everybody's got a book. More people true. writing than reading, I think so. <laughs> I think it you're right. Like yeah. yeah. So you know, I'm just what I've been trying to do lately is trying to get my short stories out there more. I mean, I've made a, an effort lately. The last few months to really just start submitting all over the place because I got a ton of stories that are just sitting around. Too. I mean, you know, I've been, I've been pretty lucky. I, you know, I've had a lot published, but there's just a lot that are just sitting around still. So, but, yeah. you know, I also have a short story collection that I put together oh, nice. that I'm going to also want to get out there. So, yeah, I figured definitely. I'd try to get some of them published first. You know,
0: well, that's a good idea. Well, um, on the short story side, we would consider it a flash fiction piece because like we said yeah. it's under a thousand words yeah um do you enjoy writing the flash fiction versus a longer short story and do you have to find it more challenging or easier
2: um I th- well i don't know if i enjoy it more it's just you kind of it just kind of comes and you get it out you know, don't have to spend a lot of time on it you know mm. um i do enjoy it it's, it's kind of hard i mean it's a different it's a different animal you mm-hmm. know yeah. obviously i mean you got to make it work in under a thousand words
1: that's what I was going to say. I know a lot of people that I've talked to, they prefer a novel because they can't get the conclusion down in that amount of time. So I think it takes a particular talent to be able to to get your whole story out in, in under 100,000 words. Yeah. and then 100,000. A thousand. Well, my novels tend to be short, so. but um,
2: the... I had uh, like a five hundred and something word story that that I have, and then I submitted somewhere recently, and it needed to be four hundred words. I was oh like, God. "Come on, really?" Uh, so I would had to start chopping away. But you can if you have to, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm.
0: what length would you say your other stories are? And generally, do you have a range that you try to stay under?
2: Well, I don't really try. It just I tend to write short. Like usually, anything over three thousand words is is a lot for me for a short story. Interesting. Yeah. But the exception was this winter I had an idea for a story and it turned out to be nearly eight thousand words.
1: Yeah. That's the way mine go.
2: And I never write besides novels, I never write that long, you know. But this one was fun and it kept coming and it you know, I was like, all right, whatever. That's great (laughs) (laughs) to see where it goes. Well eight thousand words,
0: it's a lot because our limit is seven thousand and I've Considered changing that because those are that's a long story.
2: It's a long story. Yeah, Yeah. it is. I mean, it's like thirty pages or something. So right, right. That's
0: interesting. But
2: but even like my novel, I tend to write short. And when I when I like this novel that I'm working on now, the first draft was just over over fifty thousand words, and that's how I usually write. And my later drafts are, you know, everyone else in the world has to cut, you know, fifteen percent. Right. I have to add fifteen (laughs) percent. That's probably so, a
0: good place to be in, honestly. It yeah, is.
2: Because, you know, I kind of edit as I go, so that is part of the reason, but okay. I just am not very wordy. I just get get to the point.
1: Yeah. Well, that <laughs> is, I, I think a lot of people wish they had that problem yeah. to, to be not very wordy. But that usually connotes that you've got a, just the meat, you know, like the meat of the story that propels it forward, you know, things like that. All the extra stuff. I saw something recently I, I'm not good at remembering quotes, but I saw a, on social media basically was saying all these extra words you have in there is wasting your reader's time.
2: <laughs> well, you know, there's something to be said about that for today because people have, you know, have to get back to their phones and, you know, yeah. streaming. <laughs> <Right>. So, you <laughs> know. I I tend to like short novels too. I mean, I check if I see something's like 600 pages, I'm just like, oh, I can't read that exactly. novel now. I don't have a lot of time to read, you know, between yeah. the writing and work and everything. It's like, you
0: know,
2: 20 pages a day I get to read. So
0: yeah, I'm I'm the opposite. I I like a long story because I like to um, feel like I'm getting value. <laughs> so you know, if I'm really enjoying it, then I know I've got like 20 hours of you know of a pleasure ahead. That's true. Of versus oh no I'm already done, you know, it's like fifteen hours, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That's funny. But of course I like fantasy also, which would explain it.
2: Yeah, those those tend yeah. to be longer.
1: Those are long I, so I wanna write a
2: fantasy novel that's like, you know, two hundred pages. Yeah. <laughs> has that ever been done? Oh, I'm sure it has. I'm sure that you know
1: <laughs> That's just you probably one have a chapter hard time now. cracking the market. <laughs> yeah.
0: but, well I think yeah, YAs in particular are like in that ninety thousand range, ninety thousand word <laughs>
2: range. Don't tell me that. <laughs> my YA is at my YA is at fifty thousand right now. No, fifty five.
0: Well, in the YA fantasy, I mean, kind of. Oh, I, fantasy. I know, but, okay. Um, you could probably.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: Do you okay. want to share anything about what this new novel is about? Any um, teasers?
2: I, I'm really superstitious about giving anything away because I don't <laughs> I want don't it to be stolen. You. But I will say that it's sort of a modernization of like a real, like an old, an old story.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's fun. Hmm. I think a good um, log line, you know, the, the book into one sentence is if you can say, this is a modern retelling of such and such, yeah. you, your your reader automatically knows what the book is about.
2: It's, it's not really a retelling. Though. It's just sort of like a, Jumping off point from an old. I wish I could. I wish I could tell you, but no, don't, no, no, don't, don't, don't. don't, don't. (laughs) Hopefully, you'll find out soon if I uh, can get this thing published. Yeah, that that sounds great. great. I got. I got to say, it was it was a really fun idea when I got it. I was just like, oh, that's perfect. You know, has anyone done this? And then I sat down. I wrote the first draft in like three months, which for me is insane. Yeah, it's. It just came. I didn't even have to think about it. I just sat down and started writing every day.
0: That's terrific. And so it sounds like you're a discovery writer then. You don't, have, you don't plot the well, whole thing out.
2: That's weird, because I, but I did, though. I did kind of make an outline as I went along, but... You know, the outline kinda, just fell into your I lap. I kind of knew what it was, but I was just doing it sort of to keep track of what, yeah. what it was. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah for, for, for novels, I'm usually a, a plotter. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, I usually am. For short stories, I, I kind of just
1: see where it goes.
2: Interesting.
1: So when, when you're writing, do you f- tend to learn something about yourself?
2: Um, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I guess you do. I guess I do. Because you, you sort of write from things that you know or are thinking about, right. even if you don't know that you are, yeah, you know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's that
1: subconscious.
2: So you know, I tend to put in things that I like. Like I'm always, I always mention the Beatles or the Yankees or something like that, and they always take place in New York, just because that's what I know. You know, yeah. like I'm not, I'm not Hemingway. I can't fly to Cuba to write a book. You know, right. I have no, to go yeah. to work every day. So
0: that's <laughs> funny. I think I want to say the Beatles is in this story. Is it? Do you remember? I don't think It might not so. be. It might have been one other story so. I read. I <laughs> apologize if it's not. It's totally <laughs> I could add about.
2: it in if you want, because I still got to do that list. <laughs> oh, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, which is brings me to the next question, which is, since you have had a lot of stories published, maybe you could tell our listeners, like, what's that experience is usually like?
2: Yes. It's just really cool. I mean, you know, it's your first, your first experience is great, you know. Yeah. Because... You get to see your name, and you get, I mean, you know, my first experience was a long time ago now. We're still talking about writing, by the way. Yeah. Oh, the New Yorker comes out. (laughs) So, you know, like, social media wasn't really big or even around, I don't know, know, so, but it's just cool, you know, it's just, and it's, it never gets old, Yeah. you know, so.
0: Well, it's much easier now, right? Obviously, with um with the internet and everything else, because we use we only use Submittable, you know, and that's yeah, like
2: Submittable's great. Yeah.
0: And I I I love Submittable for myself to submit things also because um it's just a great resource and you can get to just about every company that uses them. Not everyone, but uh, you know a majority, I would say.
2: Yeah, and uh, there's also. <laughs> pretty new discovery for me is that you could look up what or send stuff to, you know.
0: Right, right.
2: I mean, I think I kind of knew about it, but I never used it. I would always go about it the hard way of like searching all over the place. And once I said, you know, let me click on this tab and see what it's all about. And I was like, oh, okay. So that's really where I've been kind of submitting lately.
0: Yeah, they have like a discovery tab or something. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah. I think it's
2: just called discovery. Yeah, and it's great, you know, so.
0: (laughs) Well, you mentioned in your back mount, background materials that you sent us, um, you like to hike, so I was curious, I do, do you have yeah. kind of a hiking routine or regular parks that you go to? And then of course, follow-up to that is do stories come into your brain while you're hiking, or do you get like writing inspiration while you're out there?
2: Um, if I'm hiking alone or walking alone, yes, I, I tend. To, and I'm working on something I'll yeah totally work out. The story, or no, that's great. Dialogue, or something, but usually I don't, you know, you like tend to hike, hike with other people, or you know, so yeah, yeah, you don't really, you are not really, really think about your story. But there's a lot of great hiking around, you know, this area, just north of New York City. There's just a lot of hiking, a lot yeah, of hiking. Great. So but,
0: is it like trails, you know, into the woods, trails, up the mountains? mountains, you know, yeah.
2: really good? Actually, the the YA novel that I'm just finishing up has. One of my favorite hiking uh, points is called uh, Anthony's Nose, which is right above the Bear Mountain Bridge, and it's, it's you could just look down at the bridge and at the Hudson River, and it, that is like a huge central plot point in <laughs> what you know, I'm a lot of working on. Yeah, so. nice.
1: cool. Some nice imagery. Do you ever like camp out? Do you hike and in, hike into the woods and camp?
2: Well, we don't do that, but I do go camping. Okay. So it's kind of separate, you know. And then yeah. once we're camping, then we'll do some hiking there.
0: Yeah, you're a car camper. I'm kind of a car camper yes, these days. I used to do some camping. backpacking when I was spry, but not anymore. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Back, yeah, backpacking is a, a different. Totally different thing, experience. I've never done it because, you yeah. know, you have to carry everything in with you. you know? <laughs> right. You got, like, dry food. It's just not as fun. Camping out with your friends with car camping is, you know, you get to grill this great food and you get to eat and drink and, you know.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, a friend of mine, we call it glamping because we bring, like, everything, gourmet stuff that we wouldn't eat at home. Like you said, nice. you know, it's kind yeah. of a special treat. We just happen to be outside. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. That's fun. We went, we went last year, my girlfriend... And our sons went uh, camping because it, it was a pandemic, so we couldn't go with our friends. Right. We couldn't. We really couldn't get on a plane or do anything. So we went camping in, you know, a couple hours north of here. And uh, yeah. it just, one day it completely poured. I mean, like. Oh, while you was, were out there? Like, trees down. Oh, my goodness. You know, oh like, my we couldn't goodness. do anything. So we, it ended up being good because we ended up driving like an hour and a half. This one day when it was really bad, we drove like an hour and a half to the Woodstock Museum, in the pouring oh. rain.
0: <laughs> and they let you in? I guess it was open, so you could. We were like check the only out. ones there, yeah. Yet. And
2: it was like we you know, just running from the parking lot to the museum. We got we got drenched. Yeah, <laughs> we well, were yeah. thrown in the pool, so we were walking around the museum dripping, and it was like, oh, it's <laughs> just like we were really at
1: Woodstock, right. you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it gave us the full experience. <laughs> That's great. <Yeah. laughs> I like that. That gives you a change of scenery, too, to be out in nature. And there's something regenerating or rejuvenating about being in the outdoors.
2: Yeah, oh, definitely. Definitely. I love it, you know.
1: Do you any of your
0: short stories involve a lot of outdoor stuff? Or your YA one novel that you're working um, on, obviously?
2: Well, this one, this yeah, the YA one does. Yeah. Take, a lot of it takes place on, like I said, Anthony's nose, which is... Uh, kind of a famous hiking trail up here. But I can't really think of any other ones that, that do. do that.
0: Okay. Well, let me I'm going to change the topic, bring you back to work for a second. So do people know about your writing at work? Do you ever talk
2: about? <laughs> Not really. No? no <laughs> they I, don't when, know your When I get the best seller they'll know what, because, you know, then I'll have to quit. So. Yeah, like, drop, you'll drop <laughs> the right. mic. Exactly. Yeah, the- like, <laughs> <laughs> I got the movie deal. Right. And, you know, we're good.
1: See you later. Nice. Now, what about other people in your family? Do, does anybody yeah, they, in the family they, read your yeah, stories? I
2: they do. Like, my, my last novel that was published, I gave it to some of the people in my family. So, I don't know. It's kind of weird, but <laughs> I don't know why. It just is. Do you guys feel that way? I don't know.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you getting family and friends to read your writing is a little bit different. I almost rather have a stranger read it. Oh yeah, read what I write. Mm -hmm. Just because you know your family, are they going to give you really honest feedback? You just have to question that because they love you and they don't want to hurt your feelings, Mm -hmm. (laughs) or maybe they're really harsh and they want to rip you to shreds. You know, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's
2: probably one or the other.
1: Right,
0: (laughs) that's funny.
2: But I'm not writing anything like you know I'm not writing memoirs or anything. I'm just writing you know fiction, so it doesn't doesn't
1: really matter. Honestly. Right, right, Sure. Stuff you wouldn't want your family to see. Because yeah, exactly. it's about exactly.
0: them. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. What about writing quirks? Do you have any? Would you? That's what you my define favorite one. is Melissa's questions. One of her favorites.
2: I don't, what? What is a quirk? I mean, I don't know if I have any quirks. I kind of sit there with my coffee,
0: and I write.
1: I don't know if there's any quirks. Well, give us something here. What? What about your? What kind of coffee are you having? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I like good coffee. I'm a little bit of a coffee snob. You know, oh, like okay. Hazelnut or something like, a, you know, Starbucks ground coffee in a percolator. By the way, a, a percolator? Yes. Are you kidding me? No, that's okay. what you got to get. Wow. That's what you got to do. But I don't know if I really have any quirks. I mean, I just kind of sit there and write. I mean, my one quirk would be like as soon as I as soon as I walk away, if I you know, I'm like okay, I'm done for the day. Let me get ready for work I get in the shower I get in a car. That's when I'm getting all these other ideas. But I think that's for everybody. It's not really a quirk.
0: Yeah. yeah. Huh. That's interesting though.
2: That doesn't happen to me. No? <laughs> uh, you got to take more showers. <laughs>
1: Maybe I
0: do.
2: Maybe I should start doing that.
1: <laughs> I always get the ideas. I think I've said this before. I get ideas and I'm never in a position where I can write these ideas down. It's so frustrating. Yeah. And somebody had said, well, if it's a good idea, it'll stick around. Well, I feel like I've really missed some great ideas because I cannot remember them.
2: Yeah, that definitely happens. I mean, I guess you could just write it on your phone or something as a note. But not while know, I'm driving. Not while you're driving. That's <laughs> <Right>. true. <laughs> That's true I think they discourage that. <laughs> I think you just have to repeat it to yourself over and over like you yes. know, like a mental patient. Until yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs>
0: Well, I thought we solved this last time. You just need, to, like, the voice memo thing on your phone or something.
1: Oh, that's right. Complete, see, I forgot about that. Can't remember my ideas. <laughs> Can't remember how to keep my ideas. Or you
0: get your kids <laughs> to, like, take the notes for you, dictate to them. That's good, yes.
2: <laughs> oh, I did want to say something about the story that's totally off topic. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. This was really, like, the only, second, the only story that I wrote in second person. <laughs> Like, ever. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But it's sort of like a fake first person, really.
1: Yeah, it kind of is. So you like writing in first person?
2: I do like first person a lot, yeah.
1: Uh, what 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 do you think that is? I've discovered that I think I do, too. But what uh, why do you think that is? I think it's...
2: you know it brings the reader a little or the writer (laughs) a little closer to the character like you're hearing the story from the character you're not hearing it secondhand or something but you know I like the novel that I'm finishing up now is actually part first person because the main character is first person and then everybody else is third person
1: okay so it's a little bit of a mix I like that Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm I have thought that myself, that when you write in first person, you kind of immediately bring the person in to your character's world. And I wrote one of my novels in third person. I realized that the reader had a difficult time connecting with the character. I went back, redid it, and I did it better in third person. Then I went back and I was like, I'm just going to try this. Somebody suggested doing it in first person. And I did, and so much more came out. And I did it in first person. And I thought, this is really interesting, because it is like the the character is talking to you. So yeah. you get a sense that they're even more, instead of just looking in, you're like living with them.
2: Yeah. I, I, you know, I think that's my default. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I have to like, oh, I should make that that person or
1: something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could even switch. You could write it in first person if somebody... I know some people don't like first person. Yeah, I don't know why,
2: why there's like a
1: bias against. Him, yeah, I know I, know. I know it.
2: If it's good writing, it's good writing. You know, it that's doesn't true. really matter. Mm-hmm. I and you know, I think the thing is, people say, well, the narrator doesn't really know everything that's going on, and there's no way they can. And I don't know. My, my way around it is just the way I'm doing this novel, where other chapters from other characters' point of views, or, you know. Whether they're third person or first person, they're telling part of the story that
1: the narrator doesn't know, you know. So. Yeah. It becomes but, cohesive that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. Have your cake and eat it, too. <laughs> that's funny. Well, um,
0: so
2: who do you have a first reader after you finish something? <laughs> um, yeah, my girlfriend is the first reader. Oh, <laughs> okay. I don't know if that's good or not, because she likes it. Right, right. <laughs> she's just going to tell when she likes it. But she's a reader. <laughs> she's a real reader, you know, and she's a writer, too, so...
1: And that's something. Absolutely. She gives, she gives good feedback. Yeah, that's good. So she's read this most recent novel? Yes.
2: She read the second draft and now I'm working on a third draft. But, you know, it's kind of weird now because with the pandemic and everything, the quarantine, I mean, I haven't, you know, I've been in a writer's group for, for years and years. And
1: oh, yeah?
2: For the past year, I haven't been to, <laughs> been to one. So yeah. I haven't really presented this new novel to anyone, really. So I don't know. I don't know if that's good or bad.
0: (laughs) you got to get it out there. You have time.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's kind of like it came so fast, this one, that it's just kind of like I feel like it didn't really need that much work. But I know that's, I don't know. Hope that's the case,
0: right? (laughs) Presumptuous to say (laughs) that.
2: (laughs) Check back with me in a year when I'm rewriting the whole thing. but Starting from scratch. I don't know. I think I was trying to self-critique myself, which helped, you know, Probably after I finish this draft, I'll get a couple other readers.
0: Yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, Writers Group's a good place to find those. Yes, yeah, so I don't know
2: what's going to happen with that Writers Group. But now I'm living in, you know, North Jersey, and it's I'm not that close to, I don't know. The Writers Group kind of fell apart because of that.
0: Oh. <laughs> you know, our, I we have a Writers Group here in Nashville, and they we went virtual. So it still happens. I haven't been able to make it as many, but it's nice because... I think we lost some people that are less technology oh, yeah. savvy, I guess would be the, the, the right word, but th- it's so convenient to be able to drop in
2: yeah, it's you know I don't, maybe I'll, I'll look into it again once I finish this draft maybe and see what what I could find, but you know you got it's got to be the right group. Mm. It's got to be people that are for what I'm looking for for this this novel, I need some people that are going to be at my level or higher so right. that they could actually you know give me constructive feedback so right, right, yeah, good point. All
0: right. Well, gosh, I mean, we're already up on about 30 minutes and we try to keep the interviews around 30. Um, Do you have any advice since you've been published? You've got some
2: books out there also to readers and or writers. Uh, So advice, I'm not going to give the usual advice of just, you know, keep sticking to it. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's anything you got to do that. I think, you know, you just got to, like, keep your mind open as far as options you know where you could get published and there's so many places now there's you know online journals there's print there's you know like like we were talking about with submittable you could just look at you know look Mm -hmm. up contests look up you know there's so many places that you could send it to and you know you just got to remember that some places are only looking for four stories that month and they're getting you know 250 or more submissions so the odds the odds are always against you right you know, if if, it, if it's good and you, you know, if you think it's good and you've workshopped it with the writer's group and, you know, it'll finally, I mean, this story that, that you guys published is, you know, I wrote it 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Almost or nine years ago. So you just do got to like keep your options open, look everywhere where it could go and just keep doing it. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, if you know, if you know your stuff is good, it'll, it'll find a place. Definitely I
0: like that. Well one of the things that we've we've told folks on other shows is that um your story might even be great and it's just not mm-hmm. what that magazine or publication yeah. is looking for exactly. or they have one exactly like it, so they're gonna you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, yeah, So no,
2: yeah. That's exactly what people don't understand. Even if you like submitting a book to an agent, like an agent may have mm-hmm. a book that's already similar to that. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Or a publisher, you know, a publisher like, well, we've already just published two, you know, dystopian books about turtles. So <laughs> I'm going to read that know, book. we don't need a third one, you know. <laughs> the turtle dystopia. I, <laughs> I think, <it>. right, <laughs> but let me write that down. <laughs> That's my next story. That's there you go. <laughs>
0: well, great. Well, it's been so much fun to have you on the show, and we really enjoyed it. Sure it sure has your story as well and um thank you for submitting it so we got the opportunity to read it and now we get the opportunity to share it with everyone else
2: yeah thank you very much you know your podcast is great i'm really going to spread the word about it because it's i'm always looking for podcasts to listen to especially with fiction you know and yeah. i haven't yeah. found a lot or you know it's, it's a great idea to combine the two the story and then the interview you know that's what we're yeah can I ask for
0: Oh, great. Thank you so much. We, we <laughs> thought it was a good idea.
2: <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs>
0: so we could definitely use your help in spreading the word. Thank you. Appreciate yep. it. Yep.
2: Cool. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. If so, please help us spread the word by telling your friends or giving us a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Those reviews really make a difference. We'd like to thank the folks at Literature and Latte, the makers of Scrivener, for sponsoring the podcast and providing an amazing tool for writers. If you'd like to take your writing to the next level and use a tool designed for writers by writers, then give Scrivener a try. What have you got to lose? The Story Discovery Podcast is a free narrated podcast of the works that appear in Etched Onyx magazine, edited by J.W. McAteer and Kevin McMahon. All stories and poems are available for free at onyxpublications.com. That's O-N-Y-X If you'd like to support the continuation of this podcast and or the magazine, please consider a small donation through Patreon at patreon.com slash onyxpublications. As a nano publishing house, we're always looking for new works to showcase. If you'd like to submit a story or poem for consideration, please visit the submissions page on our website. In the meantime, keep reading and writing.